Welcome to Alaskwatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. Hey, Last Watchers, thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys are doing okay out there. We're right in the throes of winter here. I've got a pile of snow in my driveway that's almost as tall as I am. But I know a lot of you guys down in uh, the lower 48 aren't doing much better. It's uh, colder in Texas right now than it is right here where I'm sitting in Alaska. So <sighs> buckle up, guys. Um, you know, you got to keep some spare salt sand and warm clothes around extra water food you'll be able to get through anything um <clears throat> the ones i feel really bad for are the ones that have to go to work no matter what first responders uh, essential workers people like that because uh it's they're really at the mercy of the public works and road crews that really aren't prepared for putting up with that kind of weather but anyway guys um before we get started here, I wanted to throw a promo out to my good friend Adam Davies. He just had a new book come out. It's called The Revenge of the Port or The Revenge of the Hairy Man. It is a story, a fictional story about Port Chatham, Alaska. It's kind of a fictional retelling of how uh, the town might have been abandoned uh, back in the 1950s. It's kind of a I've read it. <clears throat> it's a pretty cool a little adventure story. Uh, again, it's it's a fictional story, but I mean, it's told from the perspective of somebody that's been there, so it's pretty cool. Uh, you can get that on Amazon. It's a little hard to come by. Uh, I ended up, the best way I've found to, to locate it is to search for Adam's name. It's uh, Adam Davies, Adam Common Spelling, D-A-V-I-E-S. And he's got a couple other books called Extreme Expeditions, like one, two, and three. If you just click on his name, like it'll take you to his author page. And the book will be listed there. You can order it from there. That's how I did it. Uh, I got it here pretty quick and I uh, read it in a couple of days. It's a really it's a really good winter read, you know, snuggling up next to the fire with your puppy on your lap and uh, just blaze through it. <clears throat> Took me a couple of days to read it and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think it would make a cool uh, movie or action series. It's, it's very uh, kind of uh, Indiana Jones, 30 Days of Night-ish. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. But uh, anyway, today I've got something really special for you guys. I'm going to have a guest on. His name is Ryan, and uh, he is a resident of Alaska. He had a visual sighting uh, last summer back in July. And what's uh, even even rarer with these kind of things is he's gone back to the area and he's found some possible uh, collaborative evidence. So we're going to get into his interview right now without delay. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. Hey, Ryan, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. So I brought you on here. Uh, we were going to talk about the sighting you had, and then something happened after the sighting where you found some evidence. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to put words in your mouth or I don't want to keep on gabbing. So you just go ahead, take it away, man. Tell us, uh, tell us what you saw. All right. Sounds good. So um, I guess a little background. I'm born and raised in Alaska. Um, love hunting, fishing, been out in the woods a lot growing up. Um, and uh, 
I've never really uh, believed or given much thought to the existence of creatures such as Bigfoot. Um, just, you know, I heard, of course, stories and everything and, and thought it was kind of fun, but not never really anything serious or anything. And so, um, yeah, what, what happened definitely uh, has uh, <laughs> changed my um, outlook. So anyways, uh, I, uh, I have a wife and a younger son, and then I was with my nephew as well. We were on a trip this summer, uh, this past July, and we were, um, we're from Interior, Alaska, and we had gone out to Manly Hot Springs, and Manly Hot Springs is a small community, just over 100 people, um, 156 miles from Fairbanks, so it's, it's a pretty remote little place out there. Um, just a one road in and out dirt road. And, uh, so anyways, we were out in Manly and we were heading back to Fairbanks and this was again, maybe third week in July or something. So of course, you know, tons of midnight sun and, um, and it was, it was a pretty hot day, probably 75 degrees or so. And we were playing a game driving back trying to just stay awake be entertained on the long drive back and we uh so we were all kind of alert paying attention and we were in between manly and fairbanks and again very remote area and we see we come over this crest come over this like hill and we see right in the middle of the road something and and this is pretty far out probably uh at least 300 feet in front of us and we see this or i see this thing first this huge thing that at first glance i jokingly say to my wife and nephew i said wow there goes bigfoot well at that point i was fully thinking in my mind that it's got to be a hunter or something you know, I, I didn't even at all really think, but yet the way it was hunched and walking, I, that's why I jokingly at first said, there goes Bigfoot, even though I was thinking it was a hunter. And so they look up right away and they see it with me. Now, when I saw it first, it was probably right in the middle of the road and it was walking at a pretty brisk pace. And by the time they'd looked up, it was kind of, it had already gotten to the edge of the road and was starting to walk down into the, um, off you know on the side of the road into the woods and so they i probably saw it for a total of maybe seven seven to ten seconds they probably both saw it for about four to four or five seconds and this thing was probably at least at least seven foot and it looked pretty skinny um and it was hunched a little bit forward walking with its arms kind of swinging and its arms looked pretty abnormally long and when we saw this thing again uh, after i would had jokingly said there was bigfoot and then thinking man this, this has got to be a hunter or something but at that point i sped up because it was like i said a couple hundred feet in front of us and i wanted to get a better look but it didn't have any color disfiguration like you know whereas a human would have different colors on their gloves or hands or feet or anything it was completely black and black or very dark brown and we 
get up there and it had already gotten into the woods and we were thinking man what the heck was that that's has to be you know there has to be an explanation it's got to be a hunter or a really tall hunter or something but we look around there's no driveways no cars no trails nothing no hint of people or anything and again we're miles and miles away from any kind of village or civilization and we just started freaking out at that point we're like what was that so at that point my nephew uh who's 17 he he turned on his phone and we started re- recording and we turned around and we wanted to go back and look and uh my uh wife was a little bit spooked at that point was like oh we don't know what it was let's go let's you know and uh because it was a little bit of a weird feeling like after we realized i don't think that was human or anything you know and and at that point we were like i really think we just saw like a, a bigfoot thing like there's there's no other explanation it also had kind of like a cone-shaped head and originally when we saw it it looked especially from far away it looked kind of like it could have been if anything maybe a a hoodie you know if, say you have a hoodie on and then they have the strings pulled tight it's going to make that little bit of a cone shape in the back of your head that yeah. was kind of the only other explanation at first when we saw it is you know what a weird shape you know but at that point we were like all right we're in the middle of nowhere we've passed maybe a car an hour, very unused road. Um, it's about 75 degrees in the middle of the summer. You know, who the heck is out in the woods tromping around that's at least seven foot tall, completely dressed in black in a 75 degree day in the middle of nowhere. It makes no sense. So not only that, but when we started recording and so we didn't, we didn't get it on recording, unfortunately, but we just got like the train and our, excited expressions about this thing we we started recording and slowly driving back and i had even rolled down my window and was kind of yelling out the window like hello you know is there someone there and there was no sound you know nothing whatever it was was clearly hiding from us and and that's kind of odd behavior if it was a human you'd think and and so like we're say we're heading back to Fairbanks. So that's the first time we see it and we pass it. Right. So it's already in the woods. We turn around. That's when we start filming and, and calling out. We don't see anything. Well, then of course we have to turn around one more time to get back home. So we'd passed the area three times, you know, and nothing. And, and so you'd really think if it was a human, there would be some kind of, you know, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm hunting, leave me alone. Not, not, not only that, but hunting season doesn't start, you know, as we know in Alaska for caribou or moose until August, um, August for caribou in September right. for moose. Yeah. And so, you know, hunting season doesn't really make any sense either, especially so, something without a, a vehicle. So I, again, this growing up, I never really gave much thought to the existence of a Bigfoot. But at that point, there was there were, we talked about it the whole ride home <laughs> to Fairbanks, and and as soon as we got into cell reception, we started googling, and and there was just no other explanation for what we saw at that point. So we were like, man, I, I really think that we saw some kind of a, a Bigfoot or Sasquatch. And uh, one more thing that was kind of odd behavior is even though it was brief, you know, when we came over that crest and we saw this thing it never once turned and looked at us or anything or didn't even acknowledge we were there. 
it just sped up its pace a little bit and, and quickly got out of sight. And, and so that's, again, odd behavior. You'd think for, you know, a human especially that at least glance over at the car um, or even maybe a, a, a typical animal. But Bigfoots are pretty, from what I've heard and studied, especially after that, of course, they're very skittish, it seems like. And so and they don't want to be found. So that would kind of make a little bit more sense of why it wasn't even acknowledging us or looking at us, but just quickly trying to get out of, you know, sight. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, at that point, we uh, we started when we got back to reception, we started Googling, come to find out there's been several other sightings um, along the Tanana River, um, some around Manly uh, Hot Springs. And so that was kind of exciting. And um, and there's. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fact-based kind of person. I, I like facts. I don't like um, superstition and all that. That's just not my thing. And so this really started getting me to think because, you know, you look up, you start looking at Bigfoot stuff, you're going to find all kind of hoaxes and a bunch of fluff out there. But at the same time, there's probably a good, the more I've researched it and I've, I just can't really get it out of my mind ever since back in July. And I've been researching ever since. I've joined a lot of groups, um, heard a, hundreds of people's encounters at this point, and it's pretty easy to tell which ones seem legit and sincere, or which ones, you know, of course, are hoaxes or are made up. And uh, and so, yeah, the more research I've done, I am thoroughly convinced that what we saw was uh, a Bigfoot, and that they um, there's there's a population of them all over, uh, especially in North America. And it's not a huge population, but there's there's definitely been a lot of sightings in Alaska. There's been several sightings um, actually in Manly. And this is kind of interesting. Uh, we found just recently uh, an article of a, well, an interview or article of a man from interior Alaska as well that oddly enough, I know <laughs> uh, he's <laughs> passed away about two years ago, but um, he's probably my dad's age. But he grew up um, in the villages and he's had three encounters. And in his interview, he talked about these three different encounters with um, Bigfoot. And one of them was when he parked his boat uh, overnight, just, he said, just above Manly on the river and um, overnighted there with his buddy. They found a dozer trail and they started walking down this trail in the summer and they found massive tracks that were about 18, 18 inches long Um and about 10, 10 inches wide. And, uh, and so he was pretty spooked and they ended up taking off, not camping there. Um, but that is almost like the spot on location of, of this area that we had seen that this, uh, Bigfoot and uh, doing research as well. It sounds like they're pretty, um, uh, they stick to what's the word. Um, they stick to an area usually. Yeah, territory. And so territorial. There we go. Yeah. They're pretty territorial. Um, I've heard around uh, five to ten mile radius is typically, you know, their territory that they'll end up staking out and kind of staying around in. And so that was really interesting to hear as well. So uh, I guess up to this point, do you have any questions for me? And then I, uh, I have some follow up I want to talk about as well. Yeah. Uh, so you, Ryan, you said you had your, when you went back through the area, you rode your window down. Did you uh, get a whiff of anything or any s smells? We didn't. 
Yeah, unfortunately, and that's that's the thing is we've heard from a lot of people that have had a closer encounters about how bad they smell. Um, we did have our window down, but we we never really stopped because we were a little bit spooked. <laughs> Especially my wife, she, she was like, "All right, let's go." We don't we don't know what that was. Uh, we were tempted to get out of the car, but um, that was the, my one. I almost always camp and and go hiking with you know uh, my pistol, and I didn't even remember on that trip to bring my pistol so I I felt a little bit unarmed and and oh here's one more detail the spooky thing about it is we had camped about 30 miles from this location we saw this thing the night before and of course we had no reason to be spooked you know the night before you know never giving a thought about something like this but in in hindsight after we saw this the next day and it was only about 30 miles from where we had camped the next day with uh, the previous day without a gun we were really spooked. <laughs> and so I won't make that mistake again of camping, you know, without my, at least some sort of a weapon. So, and yeah. a good weapon. So, so um, one more follow-up was yep. the road you were on, was it a, like a two lane road or was it a one lane road? And do you remember how many steps it took to get across the road? Um, it was a dirt road. Um, it, uh, it's their main road to Manly Hot Springs, Minto. And those are the only two places on this road. And so, I mean, yeah, you can easily pass a, a car on it, but there's no painted lines or anything. So, I mean, I consider it a two lane road, I guess. Um, but uh, as far as when I saw it in the middle of the road, I feel like, and it, it all happened pretty quick, but I feel like it, it had probably gotten off the road in about two, maybe three strides is all. And then it was off into the woods, which was another probably, you know, on the side of the road, the cleared area, that was probably another 10, 15 feet. And it probably cleared that distance in another three steps, maybe. So, yeah, altogether, it was moving pretty quick, uh, quick and abnormally, like, again, it would not it would not be humanly possible to take such big strides and look as natural as it was moving. So, because it was not running, it was just quickly walking. Right. Seven, seven seconds is actually a, a pretty a pretty good uh, time for a sighting. Usually, they're much shorter, like a you know two or three seconds. Um, yeah. So I understand you you've gone back to that area and uh, you you have some findings. Yeah. So um, I had a really busy summer. Didn't really have much time to investigate on this kind of stuff. Uh, Except for, you know, I, like I said, I've been Googling and researching stuff and listening to all sorts of other people's encounters for a long time ever since, just because I find it very fascinating. I wanted answers. Um, but yeah, physically, I've not been able to go back there. It's about three and a half hours from my house. Um, so quite the trip to just, you know, you can't just run out there any every day or anything like that. Three and a half hours one way. And, um, but uh, yeah, we, I told my family about this, of course, um, they, and it also helped that three of us saw this thing, you know, instead of just one of us. And, uh, and so, you know, my family's all convinced they've uh, taken an interest in them, some of them as well. And so I, I got uh, several brothers and and several friend, close friends that I've told this about, told this to. And, and unfortunately, you can't just tell everyone about this stuff because a lot of people don't have a clue or they'll just, you know, think it's ridiculous. But um, 
but uh, I, I have a lot of close friends have told about this. And so me and a buddy and uh, my brother and my nephew who saw it with me. So the four of us, we planned a trip and we've kind of been wanting to go back there ever since, but we've just been swamped. And so uh, just uh, just in January, so just a couple of weeks ago, we finally were able to go back out to this area. Now, we really wanted to, of course, ideally, it'd be awesome to find it again, but the chances are going to be kind of slim. Um, but we wanted to, you know, have every possibility of that. And so we brought with us a GoPro that we left running on our dash the whole time. We brought uh, several cameras. We all brought guns for self-defense to be armed. Um, and we brought a drone and a pretty good drone that's able to zoom in and everything and go out pretty far. So uh, we went up there and unfortunately it was about 10 below all day. And so we, we also brought our snow machines. So we were kind of planning if we found any fresh tracks that we would, um, <laughs> there was four of us, we were all armed. We were going to, you know, pay close attention, but we were going to follow the tracks on our snow machines if we found some fresh ones. So we uh, headed out there, um, lots of tracks along the way uh, of moose, uh, you know, caribou up there, other animals. Um, we found some moose tracks that were fresh. We saw the, we saw the moose, we got out and looked at the tracks and moose are pretty incredible as far as they're, uh, they're able to have their back feet go into this almost the same footprint as their front foot went into. So they almost look like they're bipedal as they're walking, but um, without fail on a lot of the moose tracks we were looking at, they, every maybe 10 foot, their back foot would miss the front foot footprint in the snow. And therefore it would throw off the pattern of just a step by step, you know, bipedal tracks, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so that um, they were a lot narrower. Um, the, these, the moose tracks were always a lot narrower. They were probably about six inches usually is the width on them. And then they're usually about a foot long. It felt like, um, and then another thing about the moose tracks is without fail, they would have drag marks in between each footprint or in between almost every footprint. And so anyways, we were able to get a really good idea of what the moose tracks look like. Um, we were able to see some, you know, uh, fox, uh, maybe it looked like some wolf. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of bear tracks hunting and growing up and stuff like that. So anyways, we, we didn't see really any kind of possible tracks of a Bigfoot until we got within five miles of where we had seen the Bigfoot this summer. And so at that point, when we f saw on the side of the road, these step-by-step -step tracks, um, right, you know, coming off the road, we, you know, paused. We were already going slow. Of course, we were searching for these tracks for, you know, for, for good tracks. When we saw these footprints, we got out, we started looking at them and we were shocked. And, 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 and so you saw the, uh, the pictures I had of these tracks, but they are about a three foot spread with each step. And this snow was about two feet deep. So here we are in our bunny boots, which bunny boots are, you know, they're kind of big. We're stepping 
alongside these tracks trying to, you know, imagine and, and trying to take a huge stride. And it was impossible for us to, to make the same strides without doing almost the splits and making a huge mess of the snow in between because, you know, we couldn't do it without tons of drag marks, etc. And so we were able to quickly rule out that these were not people tracks. Now, conveniently, when we went out there that morning, it was lightly snowing. And so we were able to tell what was very fresh and what was not. Unfortunately, these tracks, um, who knows, they were probably, it looked like about two weeks old. So we didn't bother unloading the snow machines and following them because um, we could tell that they were definitely not brand new or anything. But um, these, yeah, the, the spread on these things, about three feet, they were about, now again, they, we, we think they're about two weeks old, but this, um, each footprint, you know, when you step in the snow and then you lift your foot out, especially in deep snow, it's going to kind of cave in a little bit around you. Right. right. Um, so and yet these prints were probably around, I'd say about 10 inches wide. Now, as you probably saw from the picture, the, the front of the track is, is a lot wider than the back um, where like the heel of something would be. But even the heel area was probably a good, I don't know, six to six to eight inches wide. Front of them was probably a little bit bigger than 10 inches. And then they were probably about a foot and a half as far as length. And, and that was with, you know, snow probably caving back in around them, you know, et cetera. So we follow these ourselves into the woods um, and they continually, they, they never had that random step that, that the moose would sometimes have where they, you know, get off the, the normal step by step. They, we followed them on foot, probably 50, 60 feet into the woods and they continued that way the whole time. And then we went back to the vehicle, got the drone up in the air and flew the drone out, followed these tracks. Now there was kind of like a barrier of trees and stuff that was a little bit thick. Then it opened up behind the, this barrier of trees and it was kind of, um, it was a kind of a big area with a whole bunch of other tracks back there, moose, um, probably wolf, fox, uh, caribou, you know, tons of tracks in this area. And yet these prints we were following just went all the way back in there. Um, and, and so we followed them with the drone probably at least a couple hundred feet, maybe more. Um, the drone could get about 2000 feet away from the vehicle before it would lose reception. Uh, it, it could zoom in, uh, had really good capabilities. So anyways, yeah, we followed these tracks. They, they kind of went back in there. It looked like they um, uh, had followed uh, some moose prints for a while. And then, you know, eventually we, uh, the, the drone battery would last. Unfortunately, like I mentioned, it was about 10 below. So we, we had about 15 minutes per battery charge on the drone before we'd have to fly at home, recharge it in the vehicle. We had two batteries, so we were able to switch that out a little bit. But um Anyway, so at that point, we kept on going towards Manly, and we found maybe two other sets, all within about a five to ten mile radius of where we'd seen the the Bigfoot the the summer of the July previous. 
And the other two sets of tracks we saw, we they easily could have been the same creature that made the first set. We weren't as sure of the second and third pairs of tracks, though, as we were of the first. Um, and so the, the pictures you saw were of the, the most convincing ones we saw. Um, when we got back into reception, we searched and came up with some of the as confirmed of tracks as you can from uh, other people's uh, Bigfoots. And they, that was another thing. They kind of, you know how a human's heel is cupped on the inside of our, uh, of our foot. Right. These tracks seem to be cupped on the outside uh, slightly. And we thought that was really weird at first. And we're like, what is that? Well, the other, you know, Bigfoot tracks we were able to see when we got back into reception, they also seem to have a slight cup on the outside of each foot as well. And we thought that was really interesting um, when we saw that. And so that was pretty exciting. We, we sent these tracks, not saying anything about what we thought it was, but we sent them to some other friends that um, uh, this one hunter trapper that he's native Alaskan been, in, you know, trapping and hunting a heck of a lot more than me his whole life. And we asked him what he thought these tracks were. And he, had no idea. He said, I've never seen anything like those. And uh, he said, possibly the closest I could say is maybe wolf. And yet the wolf is not going to jump perfectly step by step for miles that way, you know? Right. right. <laughs> so, um, or, you know, hundreds of feet that way. So anyways, uh, that was pretty, you know, exciting. And we just felt pretty validated that um, after, you know, this whole uh, fall and, and now this, you know, the past couple months, just wanting to go back to this place, really, you know, trying to find some evidence of what we saw. And then we get back within five miles and we see and we find these tracks that just so far unidentifiable, unidentifiable as anything else. So that, that's been it's been pretty exciting. So we have a plan to go back um, sometime uh in the spring before the snow melts but yet it's warm enough probably you know in the 40 40 degrees or so um where we can have more sunlight where the drone battery will last hopefully double as long so we get more time scoping out because we were able to see with the drone any movement pretty easily we found about five moose with the drone and and so even though you're hundreds of feet up uh kind of a high profile look you know out over valleys and everything is what we were doing we were able to see the moose movement pretty quick and then zoom in and you know and see what they were so we uh we definitely realized that the drone is our best bet at finding something and so but we need more battery time because that 10 below was killing the battery too quick so that's our plan and uh we're really hoping next time we could find something on footage yeah i i really uh I really like the the pictures you you sent. Um, they're really they're really intriguing. Uh, I did a video a couple of weeks ago in which I had gone out on a, a trail and I had saw some you know moose the, the typical double step moose track you know and I I commented in the video you know I kind of held the camera down at an angle so you could you were just looking across at the track and I was like now see if I was just walking by and saw that I would I would want to go and, and investigate that further because it looks like a human shaped you know footprint. But then yep. I, I picked the camera up and looked down inside it and you can clearly see the hoof marks. Um, mm -hmm. And and I was like, but, you know, from back there, it, it, it looks intriguing because it looked like bipedal steps. 
but mm. uh, yeah, definitely the ones you sent, they, they do not look like uh, moose tracks. And you know, what I see uh, pretty commonly is, is rabbit tracks where rabbits will sink down in the snow where they're hopping around and mm-hmm. it, doesn't, it yep. doesn't look like that either. So um, yep. yeah, re- really intriguing. Yeah. And that'd be one heavy rabbit too. Cause yeah, I mean, I've, I've, uh, I've seen lots of rabbit tracks. They do when they bounce sometimes the, their whole body will make this imprint and, and it is kind of hard to tell sometimes, but yet this, like I said, this snow was about yeah. two feet deep and, and rabbits are so light, you know, they'd never go sink down even close to as deep as these tracks were as well. Um, and then of course, you know, rabbits wouldn't have the, um, the stack slightly staggered continual step 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 you know tracks of course so yeah, yeah. oh and, and by the way i wanted to explain for our lower 48 viewers that don't know bunny boots are large insulated boots mm-hmm. that are worn in very cold weather I, I sometimes i forget that people that listen to this they they don't necessarily live in alaska or live in cold climates so every now yeah. and then i'll get a you know, I'll get a, what is this? Or what, what are you talking about? What is that? So I, I try to sometimes explain Alaska terms to, for people uh, that live in the lower 48 that, uh, that don't, that don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, we'll, we'll keep you, we'll keep you, we'll stay tuned and, and let you know what we find in the spring, but we're, we're really uh, excited. And um, yeah, especially the fact that most other people that have, have spent a lot of time researching, it does sound like they're territorial. And so um, the fact that several people have claimed to see them around Manly and and then we were able to see these tracks within five miles where we saw the, the Bigfoot it definitely was uh, encouraging that, that there's probably one or, or maybe a, f- a family of them living in that area. And therefore, uh, we're hoping to to continually go and, and eventually find some evidence. Yeah. Sounds awesome. I just, you know, be careful that you don't, um, well, one, be careful safety wise and defense wise. Yep. It sounds like, I mean, you know, it sounds like you're on top of that, but uh, number two, be careful not to pressure them too much because you don't want to push them out of the area. But, exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I think, uh, I think you might be onto something there, man. I, I'm really excited for you and hope, uh, hope maybe that uh, I can uh, come up and, and look with you one of these days. I, I've got uh, yeah. okay thermal scope. It's you know one of the cheapest you can get, and but I do have a, a pretty nice night vision uh, monocular. So uh, yeah, if when you guys that'd be awesome. Yeah, when you guys uh, get geared up to go back up there, maybe uh, reach out to we'll me. Give and, you a shout. Yeah, because yeah. we've been really talking about how we want to get yeah some kind of infrared, especially because that would really make things easier. So yeah, yeah, you can get the the scout the Fleer scouts for I think. I think they're like four or $500. And I mean, it's a big investment for, you know, just for, for a piece of equipment like that. But, you know, I use it all the time at home, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll, yeah. uh, before I take my dogs out in the winter, sometimes I'll go out and I'll flare the wood line to make sure there's no moose out there so I can take my dogs out and safely. So yeah, good idea. Yeah. Well, anyway, Ryan, I appreciate you coming on. I, I really enjoyed your tale and, uh, I think everybody else is going to love it too. So, um, just keep us updated. If you get any updates, we'll be sure and bring you back on. And, uh, you got, uh, you got anything, uh, you want to tell the people out there about the Bigfoot? Um, I would just say, uh, you know, I, <laughs> like I said earlier, I've never, I never gave it much thought, but at this point now I'm like, I'm thoroughly convinced that, um, you know, that what we saw was a Bigfoot and I'm thoroughly convinced that there are, a population of them uh in north america so 
uh, keep on enjoying the outdoors, but just be careful. And I think some of the best footage that I've seen so far captured on video that I would have loved to capture something similar myself is there's a guy in Banff National Park uh, or close close by uh, a hunter that um, recorded. And if you look, if you just Google Banff uh, YouTube or YouTube Banff Bigfoot sighting. There is incredible a sighting of a, of a hunter that ran into one that was feeding on a deer carcass and was trying to evade him by standing perfectly still. And the guy took a lot of footage of it. Uh, you could see it swaying a little bit back and forth. And then he zooms in on its face and you can see it open its mouth. And it is just definitely the most undeniable footage I've seen so far. So um, I checked that out. Um, Banff Bigfoot. And um, yeah, just enjoy the woods, but be careful. And uh I mean, I really, from everything I've read, it doesn't sound like they're, you know, probably going to hurt you as long as you don't mess with them, but you know, just never know. So uh, be careful and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be in touch with you. And if we have more to update, we'll do another interview. All right. Sounds good, Ryan. And you know what? Welcome to the big fruit world, buddy. All right. Thank you so much. All right. All right, guys. Big, big thank you to Ryan. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing your encounter with us. I appreciate it so much. And I know the people listening really enjoy hearing these types of things. Uh, we're going to keep in contact with Ryan. If we have any more information or he has any more info or evidence or anything like that, he wants to share with us. Uh, we will be sure and get that out to you anyway, guys. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we're going to have something uh, special coming up next week or not next week, but the week after and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. It's kind of a surprise. So just stay tuned and uh, we'll be back at you here pretty soon. So you guys uh, stay warm and uh, keep shoveling that snow, especially you guys down there in Texas. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.